0: What does worship mean to me? Well, for people that know me, you might be surprised to know that the more I thought about this question, the less I thought that it necessarily involved singing, dancing and vocal praise. This is especially so when I'm defining what worship means to me on an individual basis, rather than corporately. One of the scriptures that comes to my mind is uh, the one that's meaningful to me is the woman with the alabaster jar. Luke in chapter 7 describes a sinful woman falling prostrate before Jesus in reverence for who he is. She wiped his feet with her hair. She recognised who he was. She had sacrificed her all, even though the onlookers did not approve of what she had done. She had, in effect, asked for his forgiveness. For me, the woman's example is one to follow. It's an act of worship, especially as Jesus actually commended her for what she had done. There are many other examples of people falling at Jesus' feet and worshipping when they truly recognise who he is, or they had just received his healing touch. Another passage in Matthew that I recognise as an example of true worship is in Matthew 25. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. This passage implies that serving, obeying and loving others and acts of kindness are indeed an act of worship. Therefore I am all the more conscious that we can worship Jesus in our everyday lives, in our homes, in our streets, our places of work and in our leisure activities. Worship is also acknowledging that without Christ we are nothing. John the Baptist's countercultural comment was that we should become less and he, that is Jesus should become more. This is in John chapter 3, verse 30. It is acknowledging the awesomeness of God and our own human frailties and failings. We must point people to Jesus, as John the Baptist said, "There is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world." I feel that it's important to acknowledge our own sinfulness, and therefore to recognise God's holiness. There has to be an element of confession and true repentance to break down the barriers between ourselves and God. God cannot tolerate sin. In effect, worship is being led as people to God's very throne room and joining in worship with the heavenly realms. In Revelation, there are many glimpses of what worship will be like in eternity. In Revelation 5, for example, we have a picture of this. We trust that we will join with the angels and our Christian brothers and sisters in worshipping Jesus, the sacrificial lamb. He was once slain for the sins of the world and now exalted as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Worship must always include an element of thanksgiving and gratitude. We worship the God of abundant blessings. When we focus on him, we can truly appreciate this. As the Apostle Paul says, everything that we do should be done to glorify God, and we should ask his forgiveness when this is not the case. Shall we pause in prayer? Father, I ask that with your Holy Spirit's help that we may grasp what it means to truly worship you. Forgive us because of our sinful nature where there are barriers to acknowledging you in your all fullness and holiness. Help us to learn and know what it means to worship you in spirit and in truth. Help us, Lord, to keep you central in everything that we do and therefore may our lives reflect your glory. For your kingdom purposes. In Jesus' precious name. We ask all these things. Amen.